Welcome back, everyone, to your favorite St. Louis sports podcast, The Lunatics. you got Tyler Edwards, your host here, along with John Love, ready to give you another great episode. Today, we're going to really talk, focus in on Blues as we finally have our first week of the season under wraps. Talk a little bit about St. Louis City with their last regular season game coming up. And who can forget about our wonderful St. Louis Cardinals looking for a great Browns back offseason into the next season. John, what do you have for me? Oh, I'm just freaking happy as can be. You want to know why? I, I do want to know why. I'm so glad you you asked. So first off, I am about to take the first sip of Brewligans that I earned from beating you in a bet. So very excited about that as I slowly unveil it. So very, very excited to do that in about five seconds. But also, we are matching today. Always a nice thing. Why are we matching? I believe we are matching uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it's one of the few jerseys that I remembered to pack as I'm on a business trip out of town, hence the hotel room background. Uh, two, business people doing business. <laughs> <laughs> business things. Uh, second reason, I believe we finally broke in 200 followers, correct? We have 202 when I checked earlier today. So, you know, congratulations to us. We made it. We accomplished our goal. This will be the last episode we ever air. Thank you guys for listening. So <laughs> that's a joke. Just so everybody Yeah, knows. you guys, sadly, you guys are not going to get rid of us that easy. Uh, while you guys may not enjoy listening to us, we enjoy recording these. So you're going to be stuck listening to us for at least a little while longer, at least getting those notifications. Right. If you ever <laughs> wondered how narcissistic we have to be to like, love hearing ourselves talk so much that we started recording it and asking other people to listen to it. You know, here's the thing though. Neither one of us like hearing our own voices. I think we just enjoy talking sports. Uh, And this gives us an outlet for you and I to get all of our sports talk out uh, each week, which is why some weeks we have more episodes than others because we can't contain it any longer. That's that's accurate. Yeah, I've not listened to a single episode because I hate my voice so much. I just rely on feedback from others. Yeah, so if you guys ever have feedback, please send it John's way about how terrible he is. Uh, I have listened to some episodes, so I'm well aware of how terrible I'm doing. Yes, and and you let me know too how terrible I'm doing. So, But if anyone wants to pile on to give us extra, like go for it. Like, we're ready. <clears throat> All righty. So let's jump into uh, our exciting piece on the St. Louis Blues. So we finally kicked off the season and there's been a lot of optimism. I think I was more optimistic than you were heading into this season. Uh, Two games in, it looks like we're more on track for my point point total than your point total. But uh, yeah, incredibly small sample size here. Yeah, as someone... So, you know, two games in, we've got three points uh, right now, um, which puts us uh, towards the top of the division. We're not we're not first, but I think we're like second or third and in a playoff spot after two games. So, like, we should just end the season now, obviously, Um, which is someone who took the under on a points total for us. It's got me a little nervous, but also very Uh, excited. The. uh for those of you who forgot 92 and a half is the over under we took i took the over thinking because i said i thought we were going to get 93 points so he backed me into a wall with his over under <laughs> uh but we're on pace for about 120 points right now a little over that so uh well, well played john 
we're we're on we're on pace for 120 points. Just just want everyone to know that. <laughs> I mean, it's only two games into the season, but <laughs> but we are. If on we pace. keep this up, uh, we won't lose a single game unless it's an overtime or a shootout. And that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> which ironically is how both of the games ended so far. It, it is. It, it and it kind of highlights a few things. And you know, we're going to get a lot more into this, but. The Blues really wanted to put a focus on slowing down other teams' offenses, mm-hmm. jamming up the zone, really packing people in front of the ice, in front of the goal. Right. And so far, I feel like we've done that better than we did last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you can, there, there's still a lot of room for growth. Uh, without a certain goalie who, who uh, does not look nervous, if you were wondering, Without him standing on his head, I I don't know that we have these these two. You know, we don't have these three points. We didn't go to overtime. He made some ridiculous saves in both of those games. Yeah. But as I said on our last episode, you don't need Bennington to make. As long as you're not asking him to make 10, 15, 20 ridiculous saves a game, and you're asking him to step up big three to five times a game. He can do that. And right. the best goalies can do that consistently. Even the very best goalies can't save backdoor tap-ins 20 times a game. Right, right. And I mean, that's that's what, what happened against Dallas, right, um, with Ben's goal. I think we were caught completely off guard with that, you know, watching it kind of happen. It was like, what, 18 seconds into the second period. I think we just, I think Dallas came out ready to, to punch us in the mouth, and they did that. Um Good news is, is what we we countered pretty well. We came back like right away and scored like two minutes later. Um, which speaking of, like, did you have did you have like how far down the list was Tyler Tucker on your list of people most likely to score the first goal? I had Bucci. Yeah. Uh, I I thought Bucinavich would be the one to get the first goal uh, because he does the dirty work down in front of the goal. The number two guy for me was actually Yakub Verana. Oh, um, I saw a... him picking a goal up against a third or four, you know, third line defensive pairing and, and getting a good opportunity there potentially. Right. Right. Tyler Tucker was not anywhere near was the top not, of my list. No. I, I had, uh, I had Thomas as my first, um, I, you know, I had a lot of the other guys that you said too next, but, but I was kind of thinking it was going to be, be Thomas for my, for, for the first goal. Not really a, I, a hot take there. Yeah, not not so much. Um, I think Verona would have been a hotter take. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> Tyler Tucker, um, I mean, good for him, right? Uh, get getting that goal. Um, he he also helped deflect another goal into the net for for the other team. Yeah, uh, but you know, so I mean, you could really say Tucker got the first goal for both teams. That's yeah. And I mean, you know, he's two goals in now. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, honestly, he's like, should... oh, really? He's on pace. Best for like player on both teams. goals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Tucker looked good. Um, <clears throat> but I just want to know if any of our listeners had Tucker up there as, hey, is he going to be the first one to score this season? Well, unfortunately, they can't tell us right now, but comment. Message us. Let us know. You know how to reach us. I almost said you know where we live, 
and you know really of our listeners most of them probably do know where one of us live but you know there could be someone out there who doesn't um apparently portuzo and hofer both had tucker picked as uh scoring the first goal but i think they were they said it like sarcastically to the blues social media teams uh but it is on video <laughs> that, that that's who they had picked um so one thing well here go ahead what was your final see those of you who don't follow hockey is close dallas stars are a good team they've been a good team for a few years now they're going to be number one or number two in the their division um which happens to be our division uh <laughs> coincidentally but, coincidentally uh, is our division but they're a good team they've been a playoff team they're a consistent playoff team how did you feel watching that game we truly stacked up to them did, did what did improvements or what things did you see because i had a lot of thoughts come out of that stars game that had me questioning what we were going to do going into the cracking game well okay so first off i did I felt like a lot of the game was played in front of our net, which I did not, did not like that at all. Um, but we kind of touched on it earlier. You know, we weren't really giving up a lot of great shots right in front of the net. Um, you know, they were a lot of shots from distance more, you know, at more severe angles from the outside. So I thought we kind of accomplished our goals with that a little bit more uh, with kind of blocking up the front. Um, that being said, Benner still had to make 33 saves. So that's way too many, you know, so we're allowing too many shots, I think. But I mean, I don't think you could have hoped for a better result to come out with a shootout loss. I mean, anything could happen in a shootout in theory. Sure. But like, get it. But that, that's a good point for us right there. So, again, getting the point I thought was great. One of the things that made me nervous after last year and something that I felt led led us into a lot of issues was we don't have a lot of offensive zone time. We don't yeah. do well with possessing the puck. We don't do well holding the puck in deep. Uh, we don't get out on the four check as well as I feel like we should to keep mm-hmm. that, that puck in the offensive zone. And this isn't to take away, say that Dallas wasn't doing things to stop us from getting to that, but they were definitely concerns, right? There was multiple opportunities where I felt like we did the same thing we did last year where we get the puck and we are screaming down the ice and we are taking a potential low percentage shot or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. just ripping the shot and then it's coming right back at us. And long-term, that, that, that's going to leave us out to dry again. I thought our defense did a better job of being ready for that to happen and staying compact and, 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 you know, plugging up the slot, making, trying to take away some angles. But I feel like we're flirt. We were flirting with fire the whole game. And I was, you know, at the end of the game, I was really hopeful that maybe we were going to see, you know, something different going into the Kraken game. And, you know, the person that he's going to be the guy we're going to pick on a lot and everyone will is Jordan Cairo. I mean, you signed the big contract. Look, we know you can score goals. I, It's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. I know you're going to get yours. You're going to get goals. You're going to get assists. It's going to happen because you're a good offensive player. But with that kind of money, you have to be a good defensive player too. And I didn't – he was invisible for pretty pretty much the entire Stars game. That whole game, game yeah. Offensively and defensively. 
and being your one of your top line guys, you know, it goes back to, and I don't remember the exact number, but it, Kyrie was like minus, was like 67 or something last year. Like absurd. Ridiculous. Yeah, like an absurd number. Yeah. And then you look at somebody like Robert Thomas, who was like minus six on the year. And Robert Thomas plays on the same line with Kyrie so much, you know, barring injuries or line shufflings that happened off and on. You know, there's a difference in those two players and one player is very much playing a two way game. And the other player in my mind has yet to prove to me that he's not a one trick pony. Right. Well, and you and I were saying that, you know, ever since we, you know, our earliest episodes covering the blues this year, right. Is we said, both of these guys have to be more involved defensively and especially true of Kyrie compared to Thomas. But like, like if we're going to be successful, we, we need that, right? We know that our defensive lines are not elite, right? Like, like we know that that's, that's okay. That's a limitation of our team as it's currently built. And so any like help and assistance we can give them, we're, we're going to need, and don't get me wrong. Like Dallas is, as you said, and I think you kind of put it modestly, a good team, right? They're 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 a very strong team, and they're going to get their chances, and they're going to take them, you know. Um, and so, like holding them to one goal in regulation, like yeah, that that's a that's a success, but that's that has more to do with Benner than it does anything else, I think. Yeah, I think Jordan Bennington won us that point in Dallas because we we'd had shots but our shots were i thought lower quality even than theirs were and i know you said oh well even tucker's goal was like through like four people's legs yeah and and that's the problem with those long-range shots right even if we keep if we give up 30 long-range shots that's 30 opportunities for one of their players or even one of our players stick or skate to deflect the puck and Benner get absolutely screwed by it. Absolutely. And fly past him into the goal. You, you can't give up that many shots night in, night out. Um, or, you know, need not that even that many shots, but that many saves. You if if you're needing 33 saves from from Benner every mm-hmm. night and and good saves, uh, I think we're gonna put ourselves in a in a tough spot long term. When Benner's locked in, he's as good as any goalkeeper absolutely in in the league, and we do have that going for us, and that's something that you know we can keep, you know we can hold on to, but the last thing we need is to have have a game. It he's a very mental player, um, right? Very in that when he is locked in, when he is in the zone, when he is calm and focused, he is the best with the one of the best there is. But if if there becomes a if there becomes a stretch where he gives up three, four, five goals Mm -hmm. and a game or two in a row because he gets left out to dry, he's somebody who thrives in that confidence. And it's going to take a little bit, I feel like, for him to pick that back up for us to see this version of him again. So I don't want to see us do that to where we screw his confidence. Right. Well, I mean, that's probably like pretty standard for for keepers. Right. Like you think about it, like that's probably like a normal thing. Like you have to be locked in the whole time and like believing in yourself that you can do it. Um, I am curious your thoughts on how the Kraken game went because I was, I was not able to watch it, you know, but I did look at the stats afterwards and I see a lot of similarities between the Kraken game and the stars game. And I mean, from what I've seen on social media, you know, cause we do, you know, 
see a lot of people commenting, posting about the game and um, from some of the other uh, podcast sports radio things that I've listened to, it's, it sounds like we played better, but I'm going to give you some stats here. Okay. So first off, Jordan Biddington, 30 saves in that game. Okay. So goes back to our previous point on him, you know, needing to make too many saves. Uh, second is Jaden Schwartz scored the first goal for the Kraken, first goal of the game on the second period, 40 seconds in. So just like the Stars game right off the bat. Um, so there's a couple of trends there that I'm that are a little concerning. Number one, that we're relying too much on Benner. And number two, that like, okay, we're coming out of the second period and the other teams so far have caught us off guard and put one up. And like, we're not always going to be able to get that next goal to to tie it, right? Like we can't be allowing these goals. So there, there were a lot of similarities in the way the game was played. Um, <clears throat> I think the reason that we looked better against the Kraken is that we were playing a team that wasn't as talented. Yeah, that's that's accurate. Yeah, um, the, the Kraken are not Dallas, <laughs> to put it lightly. You know, the, the, the Kraken are a playoff team. They were a playoff team last year. They're going to be a playoff contender again this year. But they're not they're not a cup contender the way Dallas is. And sure. <clears throat> that that I think was the biggest difference, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like we played almost an identical game just mm-hmm. against a slightly less good team and came out with, you know, a coin flip of a difference right. in the win, right? Both right. games we played to a one-one draw. Both games we ended up going to, you know, overtime, go through overtime, get into penalty shootout. We win this one instead of lose it. And the penalty, you know, well, in overtime, I was impressed. There was like a two-minute shift on three on three for the same right. where that. they yeah. could not we could not get the puck and get it off the ice. And our guys, I mean, God bless them, skated their asses off. Uh, we actually had what would have been an amazing opportunity there um, in that where we were pushing up and you could tell we just didn't have the legs to get to that last puck to put the shot on net like that. We right. were just gassed. It's an exhausting uh, luckily, game. It, I mean, th- anybody who's played any game with short bursts type stuff, indoor soccer, you know, ho- hockey, different things. You, <clears throat> those short bursts wear you out so quickly and it, you have to have the legs, which is why they cycle people in and out so much. Um, <clears throat> you know, you watch, you know, the best, you know, indoor soccer teams growing up for me, at least, right. We, there was very quick subs. Uh, mm-hmm. There used to be a three V three soccer tournament uh, for the show me state games and other tournaments around right. the area. And I remember we were on, you were out there for 90 seconds. You were off for 60 seconds. There was five players. You were rotating constantly. And even you were on the field, you were sprinting the whole time. And it's that same concept, right? And you see it in the blues. They don't, they spend roughly the same amount of time, however long that that shift is. And then they get off and then they bust it. And yeah, they, they just didn't have the legs. And I mean, I it is early them. in the season too, right? Like you're, you're going to build but, some it, of that. But at, it, but at the the end of a two minute shift on three on three, I just well, don't expect okay. them to yeah, have that. Like, that and that, that's what that's I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, that's a great I, point too. <laughs> so 
<laughs> I, I don't expect anybody to have the legs at the end of a, a two minute shift when three on three and you're having to cover that much ice while the other team keeps trading out their players and just throwing the puck around you and making you go right. crazy. Right. I thought we did really, really good there to stay disciplined, to stay compact and to not absolutely wear ourselves out in that moment. But I think the other thing that was concerning for me from the two games is we had, we have no offense from our power play. We're not generating anything from our power yeah. play. Like the shot, the chances that we're getting out of our power play are absolute shit. I actually thought we had some better chances on our penalty kill than we did on our power play, which is interesting to think about. But yeah, yeah, it, I mean, it's, you can you can make some justifications for it if you if you think about like okay, well, like who is the other team bringing out for their power play, right? Like, are they you know, really going for it there and leaving openings, you know, there's, you can see how that could happen, but it still shouldn't be happening. No, you're right. The, on the power play should be, was when we should have our best window of opportunity. And we didn't, we, we looked, we looked flat in the power play. We didn't look like we were generating good chances. <clears throat> it was concerning for me there. Like I said, it looked like we played the same game twice in a row, just played a little bit worse team. So we looked better. Uh, we're not generating a ton of offensive pressure, although we definitely had more offensive chances and pressure in the Kraken game in offensive zone ice time, mm-hmm. which was encouraging. But I didn't, while we got out with the win, I didn't leave the Kraken game with good feels outside of Benner. Yeah, I mean, I think and that's, I guess that's fair. Pareko gets a lot of, lot of crap. Um, he looked better offensively these last two games than I've seen him look in a while. He looks more confident on the puck, which I hope will bring an added dimension to the game because he does yeah. he does fine defensively. You know the problem is is that Pareko's there as that top line, mm-hmm. and everybody wants him to be a certain other defenseman whose last name starts with P that no longer is with the team. Um. God rest his soul. He's not dead, but he's dead to us. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, but happens. you know, but you know, he's he's never going to be Alex Petrangelo. No, he's not. That, that's and, that's and okay. No, one there's will. not many. There's not many players that can play on an Alex Petrangelo level, uh, right. and play on an Alex Petrangelo level consistently. And so, <clears throat> I get that, right? But you know. He he does he does fine defensively, and I think he catches a lot of flack from the fans and from people who want him to be Petrangelo. He's never going to be that. He does fine for what he is, um, and really defensively, I feel like between our top two defensive lines, there's not there's not really a big drop off from yeah. the two of from one to the other right now. It, the the two top defensive lines look as solid as they could. You know, you would hope that your your top defensive line would be much more lights out maybe if you needed them to be. Um, But if you can flip between your top two and not really take a step backwards, it means that you can potentially keep fresher legs on the ice to try to take advantage of a more ward down top offensive line from the other team. Um, So we've got Nick Letty and Pareko on the top line. Right. um, And then we're running uh, Falk and Krug on the second line. Right. Right. Um, and, And, I think both are are doing really well. And that's another uh, 
fun piece that I thought was interesting on the penalty kill units, uh, Tori Krug, who's always been very big on the the power play, um, is now on the penalty kill more. Hmm. Um, and so I'm not sure if that's something that we've seen, but I mean, he looked good in that role. So I'm not, not complaining. And again, our penalty kill has been fine, but our actual power play has been my concern. Right. Right. Well, and you know, it, you could also make the case like in preseason that maybe they spent a lot of time focusing on, uh, you know, on defensive responsibilities and not necessarily as much on offensive, because like when you look at this team, like you expect the offense to be better than, than the defensive performance, I think you could say. Um, and so if you're going to focus on something, especially with a new system that you're installing, like you're going to spend a lot of your time there. Um, and so maybe it's just stuff that needs to be cleaned up. I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it yet. Um, but definitely something to keep an eye on for the Coyotes game this week. For sure. And again, we're two games in. So to draw long-term conclusions out of this kind of uh, uh, lackluster ideas, but you wouldn't be a St. Louis sports fan if you didn't jump to conclusions about the whole season, two games in like, that's just like who we are. (laughs) It is who we are. It's, it's how we've, it's how we were raised. That's Uh, right. But I, like I said, I wonder how this is going to play long-term. Uh, some of our other players, like Brunovich, been very quiet. And I'm curious he to see... He hasn't played. Yeah, but I mean, just in general, like our young guys, core as a whole, I say Brunovich has been quiet. Brunovich hasn't played, but our younger, some of our younger players have been, I mean, we're just non-existent. Um, you know, Kyrou had the goal against yeah. the Kraken, um, but otherwise pretty quiet. And the one thing that makes me really nervous is in my mind, our best all around uh, offensive player in Buchnevich mm-hmm. went down with an injury. Uh, they released today. They're looking at one to two weeks for an upper body body injury. Um, and so I'm hopeful that it's less time. Uh, but again, I don't want them to rush him back. Uh, right. I think the St. Louis city is one of those great examples of, don't rush them back so that they get hurt again. Instead, you know, I'm not saying to sit him out for four months like Klaus, but well, <clears throat> make sure he's healthy in your before quad. he comes back. Tear a tendon in your quad. You kind of kind of have to do that, to be fair. Yeah, well, and and God, God love Klaus, the the, the big goofy moose. Um, that's, but That's right. Well, looking there's at there's a like different level of-, of depth there, too. Well, yeah, there's there's not as big of a drop off. Like if we're comparing like your, you know, your top 11 for City compared to your starters for or your first line guys for uh, for the Blues, like there's there's definitely more consistency from the top to the bottom of the lineup. Um, I think you could also make the case that BC is very good at writing the hot hands in general. I think that's something that's really missing from a lot of MLS. And that's also based on MLS roster constructions in general um but that has been a strength of city this year is that you know if you're in form like like you're gonna play i think there's only in fact let's do this when we get to city think about like who you think is written in pen starting every week pretty much no matter what i would i would love to do this uh in like 10 minutes when we get to city yeah i'm gonna straight to city now no i have a couple things left for the blues and and then we can get into this 
Um, the one player that I feel like we've seen in form and looking good that has deserved more playing time uh, at spurts. And again, I'm not even saying starting, but just deserved more playing time that we haven't seen is Celio. You're not I mean, wrong. I, no, you're not. You're this, not wrong. This I just, goes you back completely to the club, caught you know. off guard with this one. <laughs> <laughs> but I have more to it, say about the blues. Celio. <laughs> Hey, you know, you know who my guy is. One. I, I know. Um, everyone who listens to our podcast should know who my guy in city is now. But, you know, you think about the Club America game, the way he looked then. And mm-hmm. the times he's come on, he's drawn fouls in dangerous areas to get great opportunity free kicks. He's drawn yellow cards. He's great off the dribble. I'm not sitting here saying that he should be starting over Indy or Leuven or any of that. But you would think that he would be a much more important change of pace sub than he and much more frequent than what we've seen. Yeah. Now, back to the Blues for a minute. Both of those games went to shootouts. Uh, and with the the overtime format with the Blues now and for the NHL, you know, you have the one overtime period, 3v3. I mean, there is a lot of space to try to make something happen. Um, but also a lot of whoever wins that initial face face off can kind of run down the other team as we saw right. in that cracking game. <clears throat> when you get to the when you get to the shootout, we have several players that have taken the shots. But my question for you here is who should take the shots? So the first game, you know, you get it's a three initially three shootout shots, penalty shots. <clears throat> First game we did Shin, Bucci, and Kairu. The second game we did Shin, Kairu, followed by Thomas. Um, and that's and because the, of the, the injury to, to Bucci. Yeah, that, um, that's what I'm assuming. But Thomas looked, I mean, that his goal looked really well played. Um, Shin was meh. Um, Kairu looked, I mean, not great. Um, and, and I don't have numbers on the rest of them. Kairu is two for 12 lifetime in shootouts, um, which is not great percentage wise. If you were curious, I think it's something like 16%, uh, mm-hmm. give or take, um, maybe less than that. I think it's like 16%, but <clears throat> who, who should be the three taking in your mind, who should be your first three and in what order for your shootout off? What order? Um, <laughs> I mean, really, I probably, if everyone's healthy, I, I you know, Shen, Bushnevich, um, and then I kind of, it kind of depends on how I feel. I, I really like going with Thomas there. Um, I see why they're, at least starting the season off with Kairu, like I like I I see why. Like it's an easy thing to understand until you like throw out that that historical shootout number. Um, I think Thomas is probably my first thought. After that, I I kind of kind of want to see Verona there. That's kind of that's who my fourth is, um, other than Kairu. Um, but again, like I can see why Chief is putting Kairu there. Yeah, I I think mine, um, I think Shen has that cold, cold-blooded killer mentality. Absolutely. 
and and I think he definitely has to be there. I think Bucci being your number two makes sense. I like Thomas over Kairou because I think he has better puck handling, which I think leads to a better opportunity to open that window for that shot. And I think we saw that against the Kraken. As far as, you know, if you had to go deeper, Kairou could be your fourth or fifth. Verona could be in there. Um, <clears throat> I honestly think Perunovic has got great handles on the puck. I don't know who he is actually with the shot, but Perunovic could be somebody later in the season could work his way yeah. up. If he wins over some stuff, I think it'd be interesting to see where some of the other defensemen potentially fall yeah. if at all. Um, got me and thinking here's, there. here's, here's the, uh, last two things I'll leave you with with the blues. So if you did not see um <clears throat> tj oshi welcomed a new rookie to the league very uh quickly with a nasty hit clean but just i mean laid out mm. rookie player out on the ice uh, uh welcome to the nhl that. <laughs> follow that up with his ability to score in shootouts uh legendary if you didn't remember the olympics and <laughs> That was but not as legendary insane. as his press conference skills. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. no, and, and again, we all love Oshi. And I mean, nobody takes bigger dips than Oshi, at least when he was here in St. Louis. Right. Um, I saw him out in a bar a couple of times, and I thought he had a dip that was going to like spill out of his oh, mouth at all yeah. times. Oshi's a, uh, you, can, you can just tell. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> should the Blues, if we're in contention, look to trade to bring in somebody like TJ Oshie for the stretch run to get to the playoffs, assuming they don't have to give up any of their like core young pieces. Yeah. I mean, the problem is like, it's probably going to cost core young pieces, right? Like it's easy to say if you don't have to give up what they want, would you make this trade? Like, well, yeah. Um, I think, I think you just kind I could of have see to it see... being draft picks, and I would if if it were like a draft oh, pick. Hey, give up your yeah. first or second round draft pick. Would you do it? Yeah, probably. At that point, I mean, I don't know about the first, but the second seems reasonable to me. Um, and it also depends on like how like close we are in contention and how the injury situation's looking and and how different guys are performing. Like, there's a lot to go into that, right? But I mean. Who doesn't want Oshi back in a blues jersey? Like just, you know, period. Oh yeah. And and I know any of our big blues fans are gonna be like, forget Oshi, bring back, you know, DP fifty seven, but um he's gonna cost more than Oshi, um, more than likely. Yes. So yeah, uh, <clears throat> and Oshi has again, uh quick Oshi gush here, but definitely transformed his game, become a much more physical, physically uh dominating presence in the last couple of years uh as he's lost you know some of that speed and things and you know definitely a two-way player so i think that's you know exciting and good for him uh you know if we were actually thought we had a chance at making a run to the cup i'd say go out and you know trade for somebody like a big rig pat maroon um and you know somebody who has that i mean not just with us but with the tampa bay lightning just that cup experience we're what not you're there. really saying is uh, that he is like the cup good luck charm. He's 
it's not even a good luck charm. I mean, the guy just makes stuff happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, a, I mean, like, good point. It, 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 again, you can call it luck, but he, he creates his own luck when he's on the ice. And I'm sorry, if, if Pat Maroon is skating at you full speed, do you get really the fuck out of the way? way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, but also, like, what a tear he was on. Right. And like, yeah. And it's not just that he's big and fast, but he's big. He's, I mean, he's not, you know, Cairo fast by any means, but well, he's plenty fast for yeah. his frame and size, but he's big, he's fast, and he's got good puck skills. Um, and he's not afraid to knock some people around. And so, uh, you know, bring back the local kid. And and if we were there, I just, I don't think we're there uh, and we're, or we're going to be there this year. I could be pleasantly surprised and everything could fall into place. At which point, yeah, make the trade, call him up, bring the big rig back. But, uh, you know, he's up with Minnesota this year, I believe. And I, I just don't see them yeah. wanting to to trade to us for a stretch well, run. Well, and not only that, but like, and I know like we're going like well beyond like what we had intended for the Blues. But like, even take some of that other stuff away, like Pat Maroon, like he just gives off like quintessential locker room guy, right? Like clubhouse guy. Like, here's the expectation, here's the standard, but also like, hey, let, like, let's chill, let's keep things in perspective, let's let's do it. And like, I don't know, I just, I've always got the sense that he can break the tension too if shit's not going well. Huge Pat Maroon fans here, guys. Yeah. Um, before we do move on to City, though, there is one more thing, hockey jersey related, that we have to say. Do you want to say it? I'll let you uh I'll let you say it. Oh see if anybody's made it this far into our, our podcast. <laughs> That's true. Comment on the video and let us know if you heard who said this. Um so since we mentioned earlier that we are now at 200 followers on Facebook, we are going to give away one of these awesome Cardinals hockey jerseys right here. You can see them. Hockey jersey night at Bush Stadium, night that you and I absolutely have to go to every year. Um, they're always super slick. We love them. Uh, but anyway, we're going to be doing a giveaway uh, on Facebook. We've got to figure out how to run it, question mark, because, you know, we're idiots and rookies and whatever else. Um, but thankfully, we know a person who's very good with social media, and hopefully they have answers for us. Um, but so keep an eye out for that, because we are hoping to do that uh, sometime this week. It'll be fun. It'll be our first uh, big giveaway. Uh, we'll have some extra. We'll have more giveaways coming up uh, as the uh, hockey season and the St. Louis City postseason continue. Uh, as we work our way towards may, not only hitting ninety three points, but maybe a few more, just to uh, show jo Robin and John's face that I was right that the Blues were better. Um, I'm and to watch that. the St. Louis City uh, make their run to winning the MLS Cup. That's that's right. And we're going to be there every step of the way. I am we freaking ecstatic. Uh, we were both very fortunate to get playoff strips. The odds were in our favor. Um, ironically, different different spots. And uh, you got much better seats than I did. Um, that might be because you panic bought uh, when the website was acting up. But I don't think you're complaining. I'm not. Uh, there was definitely a panic element of, oh, my God, the tickets I wanted were gone. If I keep going for the cheap ones, everyone else is going for the cheap ones. Oh, cool. These are five rows off the field. I'll just get do that. Right. Uh, 
<laughs> Whereas I think I like <laughs> the difference between you and I is when I opened up the list of seats, I saw the cheap ones and I'm like, oh yeah, everyone's going to do for that. Let me just like scroll down to like the next tier and I'm just going to buy those. <laughs> and then I wanted to text you that I got some and I'm like, what if it isn't working for him? And then his phone buzzes and he looks at it and he doesn't get them. He will just quit the pod and never talk yeah, to me. I don't again. think either of us messaged the other one for like 30 minutes after it opened just right. to like, okay, I don't want to be the one who screws up the other one's chances at getting tickets right, right now. Right. Uh, but we did but get work playoff strips. Um, we're still hopeful to land, you know, season tickets uh, as we're both on the, obviously on the wait list. Uh, whether deep, that be in the supporters on the on the wait list, whether that lands in the supporters section or elsewhere, uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, we're still trying to uh, keep our fingers crossed and stay optimistic for uh, those season tickets for next year. But Speaking... we will be at the playoffs t- games this year, so uh, hope you're ready to turn St. Louis red at red for uh, the postseason. That, that's right for a new sport. That's right. Speaking of optimistic, I've got two questions about. Actually, this whole se- like section on St. Louis City is about optimism, right? Like that's the whole vibe right now. But let me ask you this um, before we dig into decision day and playoffs and all that. This is a question I've been wanting to ask you for a while and I haven't been able to fit it in, but I didn't have any other questions today. So here we go. 10 second question. Who is going to be the first player that City sells to Europe? Oh, And not loans, sell, sells, like straight up sells. That's uh there's have, two I have there's two three, likely answers. I have oh. three in my my mind right now. Okay. But okay. Number but number three's gonna catch you off guard a little bit and I and I don't see it okay working out for them. Um and then I actually have a fourth. So I'm gonna go through all of my <laughs> players. Fifth, I'm, gonna, six, gonna, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go through my top four in order. Okay, from like four um, to one. And, and, from four to one on okay. and why I think that uh, my number four is Giochini. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I see them potentially selling Giochini. We have multiple top tier strikers. Giochini wants to be back in Europe at some point. He's expressed that interest before <clears throat> and he fits that style of play. Well, I'm not saying I want to sell him, but if they gave us a really good offer, you, you don't turn that down. Right. Number three, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say the other thing about Nico is it's hard to imagine his stock being higher than it is like like right now, right? Like like you have a double digit goal season. Um, I think he's had a, a like a handful of assists too. Like like this is if there's offers like this is is his chance. I think for us to the, maximize the return. The reason we won't will be um, my my number two when we get to him. So okay okay. Uh, Number three potential reason. No, number three. Uh, number three is going to surprise some people, but Miguel Perez. Really surprise some I people. Think, me being first uh, among them. If he didn't hurt his ankle in that game and it linger and put him in a boot for a bit, bit which is why he right. hadn't been playing, I think there was a chance that he got sold beginning to middle of next season. Um, hmm. He's a young, promising player. He's got a lot of potential, a lot of talent. He's going to grow into that frame. Um, and he's shown that he can already play. I could have seen him getting 
potentially picked up by one of the bigger clubs and put on their like second team sure. to develop sure. uh, for a sure. few years where they feel like he'll, they have more control over his development and right. try to get him at a, a premium price. Right. I'm not Speaking... sure that it happens now. I think if without the injury, he'd be number two on my list instead right. of number three. But like while we're on this topic, because like Perez took, he took a lot of flack earlier in the year, like just because like we saw how good Blom was and, and per, like he's four or five years younger, younger than Blom. And he may not, he may not be as good as Blom in five years. Like, like, let's be clear. Like we don't know. And Blom is very, very, very good. But <laughs> yes, um, I got to, I have Man to the applaud this kid's um, toughness. Cause like that injury was sustained uh, against at San Jose, if I remember right. And like, you could see it, like he got stepped on, and like you could like see like immediately that he's limping but he stayed in the game you know until they were able to sub him out which was was not immediate it was like another 10 minutes um i think that i think they subbed him at half that game but like he finished the half so they didn't have to blow the you know a, a sub window on him um he took a few weeks off came back played a handful of games with city two before they called it i think he they probably you know they might have even had him on a minutes restriction on top of it Cause you know, he is 18, like he's still developing. Um, but like, I just like, I have to applaud his toughness and not only that, but him and Wint and Vinsel are now, you know, with what is it? The, is it like a U19 team for the Pan Am games? Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Something uh, like that. And, you know, seeing him called up was exciting. Uh, it makes me wonder, you know, which is Perez is, oh, sorry, go ahead. Is his ankle doing better, right? Is he going yeah. to be ready for that? Um, and Must could be. potentially could potentially raise that stock again right? Um, to the point of, hey, if that stock starts creeping up, could, again, these Pan Am games, these top European clubs have their scouts at looking for the next young Absolutely. talent. Right. If he has a really good tournament, there's a good chance that his stock will rise and they, we could get a big offer for him. Right, which I think originally both of them were listed as alternates which Vensel um, was promoted like for whatever reason, injury or something. I don't know who was ahead of him, but he was officially called up for it. Uh, but Perez did travel with him, I've heard, um, and he's still listed as an alternate for the roster. Um, so no guaranteed playing time, but that's still like, you know, there's an opportunity there. And, and people still know like, oh, this was like the next guy on the list, right? Like that's that's yeah. important too. No, okay. I agree. Um, number two, Sam Adenarin. Big really? Sam. Interesting. Okay. And the reason that I have him at number two um, is because <clears throat> I don't think that Lutz is going to want to part with him because of the way he plays. Now, if somebody comes in with enough money, they're going to part with him. Um, the other thing is, is, He's got flashes and he's been mm -hmm. a great player. Um, it's, you know, he was, but there was a reason that he was loaned out early in the year. Right. Um, and I, it, I think, you know, as Michael Jordan once said, he, I think he took that personally um, and he came back <laughs> and he was ready Just to dominate. Off. And yeah. And, and he's a big, strong guy. Um, you know, he is, so, he's bigger and stronger than Pete Alonzo. So. I would, I would, I would uh, pick him for my team over Pete Alonzo. Uh, he Any also day. seems less douchey than Pete Alonzo. But oh yeah, he's super humble too. Like if you ever watch, yeah, one he of is. His, like like he's like one of the most humble guys you'll ever meet. 
Oh, no, I, I think Big Sam's great. Um, I think his value is just skyrocketing every time he pokes and does one of his ridiculous scores, one of those goals. I mean, the guy just keeps scoring, and that's something that's that's a skill that is hard to learn um, and, and an innate ability to find the net that not everyone has. And his ability on the ball for somebody his size is ridiculous, mm-hmm. uh, along with his top-end speed. So uh, <clears throat> my, like I said, I think the biggest reason potentially he doesn't go um, I guess two things. Um, one is, you know, he's not as young as like a Perez, um, or as sure. my number one guy on the list. Um, and he plays a more loaded type position, um, in those European leagues, those striker types, they have a lot of strikers already. Right. Um, so it's going to be, do, is it, is he bringing something we don't have for us to spend that money? Right. I think he profiles really well in some of these leagues as a, as a left winger though, myself, I, he, I think he does. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. It's just, does do they already have the, a good right. stud guy there that doesn't make and sense a lot for of them will. big money on. Right. Exactly. And I think it's deep now. That's where I think if, if we do not sell big Sam, mm-hmm. I think Giochini jumps up this list because I sure. think he becomes more like more expendable if we're keeping Big Sam. Um, and Giochini has a little bit more versatility and the bit ability to drop down mm-hmm. and kind of play a little bit lower in the midfield right. more so than Big Sam does. And so I right. see that being his big thing. Um, the number one is, if anybody hadn't figured out who it was going to be yet, should have by now by the, the other players I've listed, is AZ Jackson. Yeah. I think... You know, we found the diamond in the rough, the fact that they didn't protect him last year and allowed us to snag him. Well, I and think then, we made a trade for him. They traded some like 75 in GAM in the first round of this, of this year's Super Draft for him. It, it was like, is it that was very it was? similar to the Marcanic trade? It's very, very similar to the Marcanic trade. I thought um, for some reason they didn't protect him and we came in and, and snagged him. But either way... They, I don't They're know what pissed. they were thinking. Minnesota fans are pissed. You know, I mean, he was next <laughs> pro player of the year last season, right? And like, oh, yeah. like you look at Minnesota and like how Minnesota has struggled this year. That team has been screaming for some AZ Jackson all year. And like, yeah. you know, and I mean, that's like kind of like, like Seattle has been screaming for a guy like Sam Adeniron who played for them and couldn't get on the pitch, you know, like, all credit to Lutz. Yeah, um, no. Lutz is, has found so much, so many diamonds in the rough and knows mm-hmm. what he's looking for in those players to make sure they fit the system. Right. Which really helps them shine. If I'm concerned, though. Okay. If Lutz keeps fleecing everybody, they're they never going to stop picking up the phone. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I agree with three of your top four as being, being earlier ones. Um, I do have uh big Sam listed uh, before AZ, because I think if they get a good offer for Sam, I think they just take it. Um, because like with AZ, I think they see AZ as more valuable, like, like from like a money, like perspective, not necessarily on the pitch, but from a money perspective. Um, and I also, as part of that 
deal with Minnesota. I don't know if you had heard this, but it actually Minnesota has a like a twenty percent sell on clause. So like I think they're going to be like a little bit you know tougher on that number that they get back for for Sam or for AZ. So I could see them pulling the trigger quicker for Sam while they're negotiating longer for for AZ. Um, I do think that either Nico or Sam move in the winter window um, because it's, I mean, Glover's going to be knocking on the door. Um, and I, I think he's going to quickly be at a spot where he's going to need MLS minutes to continue to develop. And I mean, you and I have talked, and I think every city podcast has talked about Caden Glover's potential. I don't think we really need to, to go into that right now, but but I do think that you you have to clear out some space to give him the opportunity to play at the MLS level. And I think that I think that spot is going to come. And, and I really truly think again, the AZ Jackson, I don't want AZ Jackson to go, but I think he's the one that mo- most clubs are going to come with big numbers for. Mm-hmm. I think we I think we have to sell um if we're going to give Caden Glover the minutes he needs at the MLS level, mm-hmm. we're going to have to sell Big Sam or, or Nico. Nico. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I think Big Sam projects better long term in our system, potentially. Yeah. Nico, the other thing is Nico does and, bring some, he brings something different. Whereas, yes, the, the other concern that I have is if you sell AZ and Big Sam, like that removes a lot of speed from your attacking threat. Um, and it kind of removes like one of the ways that you can play with them. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can still play through balls to Klaus. Klaus is deceptively fast. Right. And he's not the only quick guy we have at the front, but um, you know, it, it's not the same type of speed that AZ and Sam have. You know, you asked who I who I thought was most likely. Sure. Who I would, if I was going to pick, right. I would think I would think you trade Nico, and it's Ooh. no or not trade, but you could trade, but you, you could. potentially trade Nico, um, <clears throat> or if you don't trade, you you do sell him to a bigger club, you use that to potentially bring in like a veteran left back, because that's one of the 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 places that we're weak and then you can call up Caden Glover and he ha- he has a spot for minutes as that number 3 guy up top. The other person we're not talking about here um and actually I know you have him mentioned on the outline is is Alm brings a yeah. huge speed element up top. Yeah. So if you were to get rid of somebody like Big Sam um and this is I know this is not the reason you've you put Alm on here, but well, he's the yeah, first person that I mean, comes can, to my mind we when we talk about time. when I talk about it is is Rasmus Alm has speed and he has quickness and he pushes and presses. You know, he doesn't play the left side, no, but guess what? Klaus doesn't really care which side he plays on that much. Yeah. Um, and if you needed a change of pace guy up top to bring some speed, Alm's the guy. Yeah. And I think Alm could I, I would be comfortable with Alm playing as a second striker, right? Um, I do think we are at our best in a two striker uh, structure right now. Um, and I would, I would be okay with that. And I mean, what we, the re- so the reason why Alm is on the outline is because he's supposedly been healthy for, I don't know, since like the middle of September, like, like the last few games. And we haven't, we've seen him in the lineup, but we haven't seen him on the pitch. Um, 
and I have a couple of thoughts on that. Um, so for starters, you know, as we've seen with BC, as you referenced earlier, like he doesn't rush people back, even when they're in theory healthy, like until he's 100% confident in them, if he doesn't have to use them, he won't just to give them that extra, you know, week or two to, to heal up. Uh, but the other side of it is so, so it all plays on the right. Well, in that month, Indy and Jared Stroud have had very good games on the right. And the other strength that we've said about coach is that if someone is playing well, like they're either going to get onto the pitch when they're, they haven't been because they're playing their way on, or they're going to stay on, you know, it's whoever's playing best is who's going to be out there. Um, and until one of them slips up, like you can see how Alm can't get on because we've seen very strong performances from both of those guys in Alm's position. Oh yeah. No, I, <clears throat> I would agree with that. I think, I think Alm, Wit is somebody who's dangerous and I think you'll see him on the bench moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but you asked me earlier, who do I think is penciled in every day as a starter right now? Oh yeah. And pen. Um, yeah. And it, it, not, yeah. Who's written in, right, pen, right, not, right. not in pencil. Um, and I don't, I think it's, it's clear to me right now who is your must starts. Um, and then there's some play within after that. Right. So your must starts, uh, easiest one, Roman Berkey. Hard agree. <laughs> Next. N- nobody will ever argue that. Moving yeah. on, uh, your two center backs. Hard both, agree. <laughs> yeah. Nielsen and Parker. The next one, your left back, Markanic and Penn. Interesting. Interesting. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree that he's my preferred starter. Um, I could see... I could see cases where he doesn't start is what I guess I'm getting at. Um, but I don't disagree that he is the preferred starter. I I don't see a spot where if it's a game that matters, he's not your first starter that you would pin in. Well, okay, but we're not talking about him being the first starter. We're saying like that there is absolutely no, like, okay, like take form, like, right? Like if Markanic has a bad game or two, right? You could see Hebert working his way back in. None of the guys behind Berkey or Nielsen or Parker are working their way into that starting lineup if those guys are are fit, right? That's where I'm where my head is coming at with this exercise. Okay. I don't see a world where one bad game or two bad games makes me think that Hebert's gonna play that position better than Marcanic. Marcanic yeah. is your left back. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I- which is why I said if we traded somebody, we trade for a veteran left back. At, for depth at left back, because I think that's the, our weakest, one of our weakest spots in the field yeah. depth wise. I actually have a, when we get to the roster construction, I have an interesting idea for, for that position, but you know, that's a little teaser for a future episode. You like to uh, drop lots of teasers. Um, I do. So my personality right back. I don't have anybody pinned in. I agree. It, it, that's a very fluid it, position. It wrote that, that position rotates. You've got Watts, you've got really Watts and Nurk you know, Jake Nervinsky, mm-hmm. right. Those are going to be the two that it rotates, but I can't pin one guy in over the other right now. Right. Midfield. Uh, I think you have two guys pinned in mm-hmm. and the other two are going to rotate. Yeah. I think you have, you have Leuven and you have Blum. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. I have to have to start them every game if they're fit, like yeah. period. Um, and then up top, <clears throat> uh, I think you have one guy pinned in and another guy's pushing to, move his pencil to pen 
So Klaus mm-hmm. is pinned in. Yep. And I think Big Sam is really trying to change that pencil to pin. Right. Right. I do think I do think Sam's like if Sam cools off, I could see Nico working his way mm-hmm. back into that. Whereas like I don't think it really matters like if Klaus is is cool or or you know on a real hot streak or anything like that. Like Klaus is gonna be out there. Like he's too much of a he's difference Klaus. maker. He's Klaus. Yeah, he's there's nothing else I have to say about it. He's a big gigantic moose that can manipulate the ball in ways that like should not be possible. Um but but yeah, interesting. I agree with almost all of them and i don't have anyone else to add to what you said so we're on the same page yeah Yeah. now i think what's going to be interesting this week and and what to watch for is the starting 11 Mm -hmm. against seattle will very likely be a preview to the starting 11 for the playoff game i think so unless there's something very particular with who ends up being the the eight and nine seed and who wins that play in game and, and looking at who that's going to be though. I don't, I don't think there's going to be anything that we would tactically, I mean, not saying that they're going to be the same team as like how Seattle plays. Right. But I think you're going to be running out the same guys for that. Um, just looking at the potential teams for that spot. I, I, I think the, the 11 we have against Seattle, if everyone survives fit is going to be who we see in the playoff game uh, round one. No, I, I agree. And I think now I'm not saying that they all play a full 90 by any stretch. Sure. Well, yeah. Sure. Um, knowing that we've already got things locked up, but I do <clears throat> potentially see them uh, again, if it's close to us winning the game, you know, BC's shown that he's going to push to win the game as long oh, as it yeah. doesn't come at the cost of injuring players. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I think, I think that's going to be really good. I it's really going to be a great preview for who our starting 11 will be. I think the subs pay attention to the subs because those Mm -hmm. are likely the guys that are his first up first line subs Mm -hmm. for the playoffs. And I think it'll be interesting to see how he, how BC is viewing the team going into this game. Uh, The last couple big games we've played, uh, we've seen Indy starting. Uh, We've seen Jake Nowinski on the right and we've seen AZ Jackson as the other players in there. Right. Right. Doing the, the flat four for two. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that's, that's the lineup. I think we see against Seattle um, is exactly that with big Sam as the second striker up top. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they've all played well enough or consi- you know, consistently that, that they should be starting. Uh, the guys behind them have not played as well, I think lately. Um, I think Stroud and you and I have talked about this. I think Stroud has played very, very well off the bench and, and he's the only one that you could maybe make a case for starting, but I, I like him a lot more off the bench and I like Indy a lot more starting. Um, I think Stroud does very well when he doesn't have to like have any inhibitions about like how long he's going to play and, you know, conserving energy and, and being careful with fouls and things like that. So I like bringing Stroud in at the 60th minute um, and just like, you know, letting him loose, letting him off the leash and being scary Jerry and all that that entails. Um, And I think Nerwinski has, has played very, very well lately. And I, I, not that Watts has been bad, but I just, I think Nerwinski's just played his way into that spot again. I think he has, I think the only thing that potentially I think that Watts really has over Nerwinski 
and I've said this before, is, is that Watts to me looks and seems like a much faster player. Oh yeah, yeah. Watts is definitely and, faster. And than so Nowitzki. I think if we go up against a team that's got somebody who can just fly out on the left, that they could potentially bring in Watts to start over Nerwinski right. for the fact that Watts is more likely to be able to just run with him. Now Nerwinski's smart. You know, he, do- he doesn't get beat, so he seems faster than he is because he plays so smart. And it's not to say Nerwinski's slow either, uh, but <clears throat> when you have like somebody like a Denny Buanga, mm-hmm. somebody like Watts with that speed is almost is almost a must. Right, right. I'm trying to think, and I'm looking at their roster now. I'm trying to think who is their, who plays on the left for Seattle. Um, I think it's Freddie Montero. Is the normal because Raul Rui Diaz is, I think, a striker, and Morris should be playing on the right wing. Um, so yeah, but the other thing about Nerwinski, and I, you know, this could be the more critical part of, of a fullback's game, depending on what you're, you know, considering important, is that he seems to have a very strong connection and chemistry with Klaus. And as far as like, give like, I mean, one of the main focuses of every game plan we have is, you know, give the best guy on our team the ball right like that that's kind of rudimentary but like let's give klaus the freaking ball and let him do the thing um and if you have someone who can drive that ball in from dangerous positions to where klaus wants it and where klaus can do klaus things like that's a very very useful thing to have you know i i don't disagree that nurk sees klaus but i i think it would potentially be overstating to say other players aren't or that he's doing it more. There was that one play that I know which play you're talking about where he scored. Right. But uh, it was also like that earlier in the year, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't just like that. Now in Watts's defense, Watts did not have a lot of time playing with Klaus. That's the other, that is the other caveat to this, right? Because like, as soon as Klaus came back, Nerwinski played his way back in. So I I still think, right, and again, I think my bigger takeaway there is less about Nerwinski having more chemistry. I think Nerwinski plays a better ball yeah. into the box. Yeah, that's probably a more yeah, consistent probably ball accurate. than Watts. Yeah. And and I'm not trying to say that Watts plays a bad ball, but I the balls that Nerwinski plays mm-hmm. when he they've seemed more consistent on their way into right. the box. So I think it's less of a chemistry and potentially more of a service issue. Right. And and it's not just Klaus, right? It's for Big Sam and whoever else is crashing the box. If you have somebody who can get better service, I think that's huge. Right. Something I would love to see in the Seattle game <clears throat> is I want to see Leuven not take a free kick or two. And I want to see Indy rip one just to keep people honest. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that just because it's uh you know, right going into the playoffs and you want to remind everyone like, oh, hey, but but you could also make the argument like don't show it to them. That way in the playoffs, everyone's still king off of Leuven and then you can maybe surprise them with Indy. Like like there's a lot of different ways you can take that. Um, and I don't know which which way I prefer, but I kind of, I don't know, this close to the playoffs, I could easily make the justification that you shouldn't show Indy and hope that you can you can sneak one by by catching them off guard. I think that my my issue is is I think that's been the play most of the year. 
is wait for them to give a blatant opening to Indy. And if it's not really obvious, Leuven's taking it. Well, nobody in Major League Soccer, professional sports is going to give you a typically going to give a blatant, obvious opening, right? right? You have to have and a so, Leuven level skill to take advantage of a small opening. Correct. And, and Indy is the one player on our team who I think could and does have that ability maybe not as consistently as Leuven, right? There's a reason Leuven's the one taking the kicks every time. Well, yeah. But I would love to see him. And the thing is, is when Indy is taking those free kicks, Leuven's already off the field. It's because Leuven's been subbed off or he's not starting. And so they're keying in on Indy's left foot. (laughs) Right. And so you're losing that advantage. Whereas if Leuven's standing there, you know they're going to shade more to Leuven Mm -hmm. to take the angle away. And I would... And again, you you you're right. You could make the argument maybe you wait, but I don't know if the playoffs is where I want Leuven to stop taking free kicks. I don't know. Being bold is is part of coaching, right? And and I mean you can gain an advantage from that. Um yeah, I don't know. It, it's been a while since we've had, you know, one of our our trademark Leuven free kick uh goals, whether via an assist or a galazzo. Um, are, are you are you're being serious? When was the last time we had a Leuven free kick assist? A, right when he yeah. kicked it to Sam's head against Kansas City, right after Jared Stroud got fouled for the first oh, goal. Oh, right, right. So two games ago, right? Okay, <laughs> right. But other than that, though, like I don't remember very many in September either. Like, like whereas, like in the summer, that felt like the only way we could score. And now it's feeling like we're not, yeah. And now it's feeling kind of like it's moved to the opposite. And like, I'm not going to complain, right? Like we're scoring via open play. Like, nope, don't want to do that. Like we don't want to be better than the other team. Um, But like, I still would like us to get back to being able to score on any one of these free kicks, like regularly. I think, I think we'll see. And if you watch the games and you, and I know you do watch the game, so I'm not saying you don't. I think we've been right there on those right. free kicks, right? Um, margins. Margins par- are small. Margins are small. Parker's almost had a couple more in September where he just barely, you know, just right. a little bit off on the ankle. And God, this is one something that I don't think I realized going into the season mm-hmm. was how big of a weapon Parker is on free kicks. Oh, absolutely. Well, no one did because he scored like, two goals in MLS play in his whole career. And he's had a pretty good career in MLS. And then this year he's had like five goals in MLS play, like all, all set piece headers, like yeah, pretty good. But I would love to see Nielsen get one, especially at home, right? Like that place would lose its freaking mind for that. Speaking of Nielsen, he's my, my one big concern going into the Seattle game is I don't oh, want like him to go him. all out and right. get hurt. Yeah. Right. I, I think same. you play him. Yeah. I think my thing is, is I could see Nielsen if, if we're close and it looks like we got a chance to win the game, he's not coming off. But right. if we're up by a couple of goals or down by a couple of goals, mm-hmm. you have to bring Hebert on there in my mind and you have to right. save Nielsen in his knee. Uh, I think it would be Yarrow, but, but, yeah, I think I think you would bring Yarrow in, move Parker okay, to the left. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. But a back, but either way, back. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think my only thought there with with Hebert is that mm-hmm. you get Hebert game time if he truly is your left back 
alter alt mm-hmm. because you're more likely to need him than you are your center back alternatives. And he is a center back alternative. Right. So right. He, he potentially fills more gaps there, but I, I, right. Yeah. I, I like me, Yarrow better. Uh, let me, let that, me ask you a position. Let me ask you this though. So decision day this weekend, last game of the regular season. Right. And you know, this whole conversation about, do you start Neil Center? How long do you let him go? Is because we already have our spot in the playoffs locked up, but Seattle does not. Right, pretty much the rest of the the West is up for grabs. Um, I think. Let me look at the points here. Where are the points? Um, so it looks like I don't know. They could possibly fall out. I depending on tiebreakers, only LAFC has a spot in the top four. Um, other than us, Seattle and Houston, um, could be beaten on tiebreakers and pending other results. So like, and Seattle, you know, they probably want to be second, right? So like, they're going to come out for it, right? They want the better seeding. Um, so like, there's still stuff to play for, for them. We still want our wins record and our points record for an expansion team. Um, but who... Who do you want to be like second, third, fourth, right? Because whoever is fourth seed is going to be on our side of the bracket. I want Houston to be four. Uh, I yeah, think we those, match up. I, yeah, I think we match up really well with Houston. Um, I think RSL would be fine at four. I think we I match think so up too. just fine with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I want our two, three to be Seattle and LAFC so they right. can beat each other. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'll hold true to that. I think the more interesting piece for me um, is, and this is going to be a fun one. Who do you want to be in the play in game? And who uh, to potentially see in the first round? So I'm looking at the, at the standings right now. So potential play in game candidates, there's five teams. Uh, if I'm doing math correctly, I am. Uh, that's, Right now, seventh is Portland, eighth is Dallas, nine is San Jose, 10 is SKC, 11 is Minnesota. Um, and so pending and, and sporting Kansas and Minnesota play each other this weekend. So only one of them would possibly be able to do this. And I also mind end, you, if they tie, they, they eliminate can't. each other. Yeah, eliminate each other. How amazing is that? If you tie, <laughs> you, you take each other out. So like if it's looking like you're losing, like you may not even play for the win. You may just play for the draw just to, just to, you know, screw, screw over the, the other team. team. Right. Um, you know, I, I think we played very well against San Jose. Um, we had one really good game against Portland, one really bad game against Portland, both very early in the year. Um, so my first thought was like, okay, if we play, let me, get, sport, let me ask you a better question out of those five teams, who do you not want to see? Dallas. And who's the player that comes to your mind right away? Uh, well, I mean, I'm guessing the answer that you're looking for is Ferreira, but like mm-hmm. really it's Dallas of those teams. I feel like Dallas is the most organized defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we play Dallas, weird shit happens. So I'd rather <laughs> not deal with that crap. Um, but I mean, sporting, obviously beat us once in Kansas city, uh, Minnesota bunkered us very well 
when they came. Um, but I, Dallas is the team that concerns me the most. The other thought I had when I was first like thinking through this this weekend is like, wow, if we play sporting, if sporting, you know, gets in and then they win the play-in game, like that's gonna that could potentially be six games against sporting. And that's oh, that's oh god, that's way too many games. And then I realized that no matter who we play in the first round, we could potentially play five games against. And then I was like, well, there's not really a difference between six and five in that case. Let's play sporting and beat the crap out of them. So okay, Dallas plays the Galaxy for yeah, their final I, game. I, I do think the standings stay relatively the same because I think San Jose plays Austin. So I like, believe so. And and Portland may play Colorado. Like it it's looking like wins for all three of those teams. Some the problem is is it, it's MLS, right? And you never know how it's <laughs> gonna true. go. Dallas will, is going to LA. Portland you know, plays they Houston. Got it. Uh, just yeah. quick edit, continue. So <clears throat> my hope is that my hope was that Dallas wins uh and that they work their way either through tiebreakers or uh the other two teams having draws works their way into the seven seed mm-hmm. so that Dallas has to go play LAFC. Right. And they can go beat up on each other. Um, mm-hmm. But I do. I think Dallas plays us very, very well. I don't. They're the one team that I don't want to see in a three game series. Yeah, of those. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Portland does play Houston, who still has something to play for, trying to keep that home field advantage in the first round. So Houston's really going to be going for it. But it is possible that Portland even falls out of the playoff picture completely with a loss. Right. Mm-hmm. If Portland loses and Dallas beats LA and San Jose beats Austin, who both are already eliminated, have nothing to play for, and one of Sporting or Minnesota win their game, Portland's eliminated. Like like mm-hmm. so yeah, that that's gonna be interesting. I'm really gonna be excited to to see how those results play out this weekend. Um you're gonna be watching live, right? Uh, there's a very real chance. Um, I will be at a birthday celebration for my grandmother. Shout out my grandma, who is a freaking badass. Um, just so you guys know who are listening. Uh, but my family is very sports obsessed. And, uh, I think there is a 100% chance that this game is, is being played, um, at that time. Yeah. I'm trying to think of when I'm leaving that night, but I probably won't leave before the game starts. So I'll probably have to like watch late. That doesn't matter. Anyway, it's all good. I'm just giving you a hard time because hey, I if you had my stuff grandma, come up and then you had a, stuff up. She's a badass, like 100% worth celebrating. She's freaking awesome. So again, there's, there's a lot going on this weekend. If you are MLS fans, definitely stay tuned because things are going to get crazy. Once again, uh, we're going to try to wrap this up and we did finally hit 200 followers on our Facebook. So we're going to look at trying to do our giveaway here coming up. We'll have the details posted. If you can comment on the video, uh, we'll try to figure out a way to get you extra entries. If you can comment who announced initially that we were doing a giveaway during our video and uh, we'll look forward to seeing that. So keep an eye out. 
we look forward to hearing from you guys. And I hopefully you guys look forward to hearing from us for our next episode. Please make sure to like and subscribe to our videos and we'll see you next time.